0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 82. My name is NBZ, and you may be wondering, why does he sound different? Why does he sound like his quality has gone down? Well friends, it is because I am on my headset microphone, I'm down in London, the holidays are here, it's a merry merry Christmas, Christmas is in fact tomorrow, Bally. Uh, How are you holding up? How are you feeling? Are you in the spirit of the winter times?
1: Oh, everything's going right now. You know, Christmas tomorrow, this is the final episode of the whole year. It's been a crazy year and, you know, next year is just going to be even more crazy and now it's all just coming at the same time and it's strange.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's weird because I always enjoy Christmas and being down here, but I'm excited about some other thing that's happening in January, which is more oh, of the boy. real. Oh boy, that's the, the real Christmas, Christmas day, yeah. the real yeah. Christmas day. So so we are in anticipation of that, of course, and we'll have an episode before that goes up. We'll have all those reactions about the Nintendo Switch. But for now, Bally, it's time to buckle in and look back, look to the past, see what we did in the last few months, uh, uh, last year, should we say, um, and, and get cracking. Uh, before we... Tell you what we're going to be talking about this show. Uh, I want to just quickly note that there has not been much stuff on the YouTube channel right now. You can probably guess that's because we're on holiday and we're in different places and it's hard to get everything sorted uh, and up. But uh, rest assured, YouTube channel will continue its normal duties in the new year. Um, so if you want to go check it out, it's YouTube.com/slash-this-Nintendo-life. We advise you to because there's some fun stuff over there. and We got some plans cooking for next year. So. Things are heating up, uh, but Bali, how about you heat us up with some winter cheer? What are we going to be talking about for the rest of this episode?
1: This episode, we're going to briefly mention a few of the games that we've been playing uh, before the end of the year. And then, obviously, for the second segment, it is the big one, the bait that you've been waiting for all year. It is we are going to decide the official This Nintendo Life Game of the Year 2016. Uh, So we're going to debate out our top five games of the year that came out this year, we should emphasise on Nintendo platforms, of course.
0: Yes, uh, Nintendo haven't had the best year, but there's some good stuff in there, Uh, some things worthy of discussion, and I hope you'll enjoy us talking about it. But Malik! Let's kick things off. Uh, Nintendo put out their first mobile game, and I know everyone on this show, me and you, not the biggest fans of mobile. think it's got some bad things going on. But uh, Super Mario Run came out, uh, was downloaded like virgillianty times. I think it's over 50 million right now. Mm. Lots of one-star reviews on the App Store because people are downloading it, and they're like, oh, I have to pay money for this? Well, fuck you. Uh, And that is kind of a sad state of affairs and shows you... What mobile gaming has done to humanity. But, uh, Bali, <laughs> we've both downloaded it. We've both played various degrees. Uh, how about you jump in first? Tell me what you think. What are your uh, your thoughts on Super Mario Run?
1: So, I, I downloaded it. I sort of followed the instructions. I linked it to my My Nintendo account. It found my very handsome me immediately. Absolutely. Recognized
0: me. Same me you've had since you were like 13. Exactly. I,
1: I have not changed at all. And. I put in my name and then it drags you through uh, a level and it says oh this is how you jump um Mario will automatically vault over enemies and you're like vault over enemies the whole point is that Mario jumps why is he vaulting over enemies but it's weird and you obviously tap to jump and the idea is that you sort of you tap when you're vaulting off an enemy in order to gain more height, and then you can you also wall jump. Uh, you can also do a little twisty jump when you like you can in the new Super Mario Bros. series on Wii U, for example, where you yep. sort of do like a little hover, which is quite cool. I do enjoy that. Uh, and then, I mean,
0: aesthetically, and just from a general presentation point of view, mechanically as well, this is new Super Mario Brothers, right? Exactly. Like this is 100% what the modern Mario era is in 2D, and I think personally, i'm not the hugest fan of that but i think it was smart of them to make that call because when you talk about the mass market they're going for these are people who bought ds's and wii's these are people who contributed to the 30 million copies of new super mario Bros. on the original ds you know so if they're going to recognize a version of mario this is the version
1: exactly so i, I agree it was sensible of them to to go for that um so yeah you're, you're taking through levels it's there's a lot more emphasis on high scores and i never really the, the emphasis on sort of dying and beating the level seems a little lower it's more about getting the coins defeating as many enemies as possible getting the best score um and then obviously i pl- sort of played my three or four levels and they say right well for the next level you need to pay uh but they also sort of Play, you also they also drag you through this other mode called Toad something something I can't remember Toad Rally Toad Rally word. and that I I actually enjoyed that mode better than the other sort of stage by stage mode um, mm. and in this mode you you essentially play against another player and I presume that this player was just downloaded from Nintendo or whatever and you see a ghost of them jumping along with you and through the stage and it's essentially whoever can make the most points but beyond that when you make a, a, when you make points at certain points in the level like a bunch of toads sort of cheer you on and get excited and then they get get added to your total of points at the very end so it's it, i thought that was a cool mode and it sort of felt a bit more like almost like a guitar hero sort of versus mode or like it, it was is.
0: it's much more in line with what traditional people would expect from a runner as in it's more endless and it, yeah. it's not actually endless but it's more like randomly generated or, or taking elements of levels okay. and sticking them together a bit more um, and it it seems to be that you get more points the more kind of fancy moves you do the more stars you collect and coins you collect and pull off jumps and wall jumps and things that your opponent isn't doing I think that's what the toads are cheering for um, yeah. which I, I guess at the end like nets out whoever had the most toads cheering for them wins and then you win a portion of the losers ones as well um, so I don't really know what the end game for that is you know like it, it doesn't seem like you get much aside from some sort of currency with the toads that you can then invest in the kingdom builder mode yeah which you can't is... like
1: build buildings and things and it's all quite weird and very it's all all very sort of mobile game heavy and something that i'm very not used to that
0: stuff is the most mobile game thing about this i think is the kingdom builder thing where you have buildings that you can develop and 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 grow and it's a weird mismatch i think because the business model they've gone for is not that of a traditional mobile game it's a single one-time payment and as such you kind of should have access to all this stuff but it kind of Sequesters you off by Making sure that you are only able to Use the toad rally things by Collecting toad coupons and you can Only get the toad coupons from doing Levels in the main game and so you Can only build up your kingdom by doing That and it's kind of this this thing Which you would imagine in a Traditional mobile game would be Leverage on microtransactions but in This game it isn't Um, so it feels like There was a point at which this was in Development to be a free-to-play thing Like straight up and then they made the choice for it not to be um i'm not sure you know how people feel about that i think would nintendo have made more money by going free to play if you look at the app store and see all these one star reviews you might say yes but i don't know i just i just i'm not sure those people would have paid any money anyway you know like people who give a one star are the kind of people who just want it free and never want to pay anything um
1: exactly it's it's like you said what are mobile games doing to the world it's crazy like what's What's going on? And I feel in a really not great position to judge this game because ultimately I am not the biggest fan of 2D Mario and I'm definitely not the biggest fan of mobile gaming. And when you're sort of putting the two together, I'm probably not the person who's going to give the warmest response to the game like no. this. So I, I think that I am actually really happy that it exists. I think what it's trying to do, it does. Pretty damn well, really. I think that if you yeah. are a filthy casual mobile gamer, as I tweeted mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier, and you're looking for a bit of Mario, and you're willing to pay quite a lot for a mobile game, obviously, but quite a small amount for a game, uh, an eight ninety nine, I believe it is in pounds in the UK, right? Um, yeah, something like that. I think this from what i've seen is actually really really impressive and the sort of yeah. the emphasis on the single-handed gaming where you can you're pressing the touch screen in order to jump i think it works really well and i'm excited that this will hopefully make nintendo a lot of money it gets mario's face out there a lot more and it'll be really difficult to work out how much a game like this could affect the sales of say something like the switch especially if the switch launches with something that's 2d mario or even 3d mario just the character of mario in it it'll be really difficult to try and associate how much that has helped by putting mario back in the public sphere and saying look this is a game on your iphones you can try it out i don't know how much it will have a knock-on effect but i think for what it's trying to do it does it really well
0: yeah, it's interesting to extrapolate towards Switch and, and figure out whether it's going to have any impact because the 3DS situation with Sun and Moon was kind of poised for success. You know, Pokemon is a brand that has continued to be successful forever, and we we just got to a point where it was pushed over the top with Pokemon Go. Um, so I don't, I don't know like how good of a, a test water that is, because everyone has nostalgia for Pokemon. Obviously people have nostalgia for Mario as well, but the transition between Go and Sun and Moon seemed a bit shorter than it would be between you know this big 3D Mario game and this mobile kind of simple simplified system. Um, so I'm curious. I'm curious how that that works out. But for me personally, I I liked the game a lot more than I thought um initially when I played it. I was like you badly. I just went through those levels and was like, okay, well I'm kind of done. This is a mobile game. I don't want to pay for more of it. So I just kind of left it to the side and i think the thing that struck me most was it actually is probably the sharpest looking version of this game we've seen uh i was playing on my mum's ipad so that might have helped with the bigger screen size and everything uh but it, you really can tell that those character models have a a brightness to them with that retina screen that is not really shown I, I haven't played the hd uh new super mario brothers aside from on your wii u but it just feels like there's a fidelity there that's kind of shocking. Which is weird because then you contrast that to the backgrounds, which seem like just painted jpegs, right like it doesn't see <laughs> if you pay attention to them, they yeah. kind of stand out and stick out a bit It's, it's a bit of a weird mismatch, but so I, I went back to it the other day and I started going through and getting the coins, so the pink coins, the five pink coins you have to get, uh, five purple coins, then you get five black coins, and that's when it clicked for me, and that's when I was like, oh. This is where the real meat of this game is. This is where it's coming into its own, and where it's fun, and where the level design really shines. And I always go back to this. It's not a quote from Patrick LePik, but it's an idea that he espouses. Is uh, and I think he was talking about this on the Waypoint Radio podcast recently. Is the Mario games in the modern era with 3D Land and 3D World are fine if you play through them. They're good games if you just play through, you know, level to level, hit the flagpole, be done where it really starts to shine and where you get the enjoyment and you understand the cleverness of these levels is when you're going for the extra things, when you're going for those green stars and trying to find them in the hidden areas. That's when it starts to click. And that is exactly what happened with Super Mario Run for me, which is you're going through and... It's deliberately created so that you can't go and get, like, say, three coins in one run and then go back and get the other two. You have to get all the coins in one run. So it does feel like a almost Super Meat Boy style thing where you're having to perfect everything in a single run and you can't make any mistakes if you want to get all those coins. So from a perspective of lengthening the time that you spend with it it makes sense, so it makes you feel like you get more value out of it, because you're constantly replaying to collect all the coins but it also tests your skill and makes you think about positioning of Mario, where he needs to be at this time, where he needs to go, and makes your taps that much more valuable because some will put you perfectly at the height if you get it at the right timing, and some you have to do lower jumps by not holding it down as much and there is really a level of control here that is surprising considering you have one single input um so going through and figuring that stuff out and i did all three coins in the three levels that are available to me i was like wow that was really enjoyable like i actually got a lot out of it but it is one of those things where if i buy this game i feel like i might get burned out because even towards the end like the third the final black coin uh challenge of the third level is really tough and it takes a lot of time to figure out where you need to go in the level make sure you perfect it every time and i can only imagine the skill ceiling for that getting higher and higher and as a result my frustration may be going up and up right so there is a potential if i was to get the whole game and do that it it might leave a sour taste in my mouth but for the moment i enjoyed what i played i don't really feel the need to go to it but it is the sort of thing where if i see it on the app store discounted to like three pounds I might actually bite, you know? Like, I, hmm. At the moment, I'm not feeling that it's just justified, but I, I do think that there is a good game in there. And that really surprised me. Especially, you know, we, we're not biggest fans of 2D Mario, but there is something about the shortness of these levels and the setup which makes them palatable to me. Um, so, Bali, I would encourage you to, like, maybe go back and try those to get those coins. Because there is enjoyment to be found there, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd maybe go back and give... A level or two ago uh, but i'd agree with you i if even if i do enjoy it that more i would definitely get burned out if i considered buying the bit the the whole package uh, yeah but it's cool i mean it's this came out of the blue and it was it, 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 i think it just worked pretty well o- other than obviously the negative reviews because you actually have to pay money to play a game wow uh, but yeah,
0: what a what a crazy concept! <laughs> what a
1: crazy concept! So that that's a bit of a shame that people are reading into it that way. Uh, but I think maybe that's something that could get better in time. The more games that Nintendo release on mobile, and people realize that they all cost eight ninety nine, and that they're all right. going to have like a a little sort of free demo, as it were. But then you are going to have to pay something. And that by the time, say, the fifth or the sixth Nintendo game comes out on mobile, people will be like, "All right, I get it." Nintendo,
0: yeah.
1: when they release mobile games, this is what you pay for them. I get that. But I still really enjoy playing a Nintendo game on my mobile. I mean, I don't personally necessarily. I, I think this game is good and it's fine. And I look forward to what Nintendo can do from now on. But yeah. um, it's, I think it's really productive for people who do like the mobile game and get a bit of Nintendo time in
0: yeah i i i'm interested to see if they will continue to use this model for any of their future games like they have said that they are looking to use the free-to-play model with future titles so does animal crossing and fire emblem come out and do something completely different who knows um but if they're of good quality then i'd be interested i actually i'm very curious about this fire emblem thing bali because to me that is the sort of game that works mm. perfectly on a touch screen like it doesn't seem like there's any barriers to entry there and it could really hit in a place that is is important to me so uh we'll see i'm um, I'm curious to say the least um,
1: i'd be intrigued so. to know how many of the 50 million downloads have paid the 899 as well i think that's... i think they've
0: confirmed around 2 million sales uh, i'm not okay. sure how accurate that is uh it's probably going up and up as as people continue to play it and enjoy it yeah uh, i
1: mean for, for the time period that seems pretty good 2 million yeah
0: and and if you think about like the the usual conversion rate for free-to-play games is in the single digits percentage wise i think it's two percent is on average the number of people who actually pay for free-to-play stuff mm. um so on that level i think they're doing pretty well uh all things considered um we'll see we'll see how it goes um lots of things to look forward to in 2017 including all those mobile games uh, so we'll cover them, we'll continue to talk about them and uh, give our thoughts and opinions uh, Bally, you again, you've been just you're busy all the time, son so, uh, so, but I have so. time
1: now which is the important thing, so for next time I will have played a lot more hopefully
0: good stuff uh i have been playing loads uh i've been off for like a few weeks now so i've had uh, time to sink my teeth in and while i was at home i played through an entire ps4 game because um at home Bali, we have this really nice big tv now that is super nice to look at it's not 4k it's 1080p, but it it pops when you got a good visually uh, impressive game on it and I thought I've got to play something while I'm at home. So I bought Ratchet & Clank uh, the remake of the old Ratchet & Clank from the PS2 days and uh, went through the whole thing. Took me uh, 10 hours or so. It's it's, uh, good digestible solid uh, fun and I really enjoyed that game. Now, Bally, neither of you or I have played Ratchet and Clank before. Um, it's one of those things. Back in the day, Ali T, our good buddy, old pal, we always refer to, he was big into the PS2 uh, Jack and Daxter's and and Ratchet and Clanks, and he always played those games. And I remember like sitting at his house watching him play. Do you remember any of that stuff, Bally? back
1: in the day yeah he absolutely loved it um i i did enjoy watching him play those games we never really got into them ourselves uh, for whatever reason we're just too obsessed with nintendo i guess mbz but uh sure i i didn't en- i did enjoy but i
0: mean ratchet and clang jack and daxter were very much cribbing from the era of nintendo mascot platforming right
1: yeah no you're right mbz they are completely copying the like nintendo and being like we can do a mascot too and they were really cool games and they were often just slightly more detailed more gritty earthier games i'd even argue than a lot of the nintendo mascot titles at the time but you know back then i was way too obsessed with my gamecube to want to ever try out you know a ratchet and clank game but but now that sure like the new ones out and like that we have a ps4 in brussels i'd be quite keen to try it at some point
0: you should really play this game bali uh it's really it's it's hard to kind of describe in the sense that it's it feels very different from anything else that came out in 2016 because it it feels like a ps2 era game with 2016 visuals uh in the sense that you know you're going to different planets and they have the ice place and the fireplace and it's very kind of you know generic like things that you would expect from that era but it's just good old gameplay that is given it to me, and I absolutely loved going through it. I think the thing that distinguished those games from Nintendo stuff was far more of a focus on shooting, far more of a focus on... Uh... Le- kind of less so platforming, there is platforming stuff in there, but much more kind of going through, defeating enemies, trying to get through waves of stuff, and beating them in creative ways. And the thing that the Ratchet and Clank does so well is it just gives you this arsenal of weaponry that is really creative and fun to use. So you have stuff like, uh, the I think it's called the Groovinator, which is you shoot out this disco ball and enemies just start dancing in front of you. You know, they just stop their animation, stop attacking you, just start grooving around. And every enemy you fight in the game has a unique animation. So mm. there are so there are these tanks that come through and you're thinking like nah surely they didn't do you throw out the groovenator the tank starts dancing like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> like the the animation is pretty incredible and it's a 30 frames per second game but it's it's harder to tell i think this was the same way with wind waker on the wind waker hd is that's a 30 fps game as well but i struggled to find a difference because of the care and attention and detail that goes into animations in both of these games like it's it's kind of astonishing how much um the characters move around and how expressive they are and how much the enemies have uh, to interact with you with so so that is something that really struck me uh while i was playing through the whole game.
1: In terms of the visuals, is there also a weapon that sort of turns every single enemy into pixels?
0: It does, yeah. I, I, I've um, seen like crazy. gameplay
1: of that, and I just think visually that weapon looks incredible the way it just works in real time.
0: Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's doing some neat tricks there, and it may be the case that, you know, this game is lower in scope because it is based on a PS2 game so you're not really rendering as much like you get these vast cityscapes and stuff around you but you know you can't go there like it's, it's all aesthetic it's all in the background but because they have the power of the PS4 and they're rendering these like smaller areas that you're actually interacting with everything can just look amazing and so it has this sparkling sheen to it that is kind of unmatched by anything I think this is the best looking PS4 game um, it looks better than Uncharted 4 it is just stunning visually, and just has a colour and character to it that I really appreciate. Um, and and it's just so it's so wonderful and fun to play about with. And those weapons are great because the idea behind them is the more you use them the more abilities you unlock so you're kind of leveling up weapons independent of one another and you also have your own kind of character level it's very kind of basic rpg stuff it's not like you're going into deep menus but there's a system by which you can upgrade uh, and get extra stuff for your weapons like kind of this grid thing that you uh, invest a currency into and you basically improve the power of it the range of it that kind of stuff like the number of the the amount of ammo you can hold so it is a case of finding a weapon you really like and sticking with it and just using it a bunch and eventually it pays off in the end when you have this arsenal full of stuff that you can really go ham with and the pixelizing gun is one that I actually didn't use that much Uh, and the reason was because um, it was very close range and it was more like a shotgun style thing but when I was going close range I was using a flamethrower so I was just like holding down this flamethrower button and just roasting people just walking tank just through people Uh, so that's kind of the way that I went like I kind of lent on different types of weapons for different scenarios um and it's just satisfying it's fun to level that stuff up uh and go across these areas and just find secret places there's hidden things all about the place it just feels like a classic ass video game you know like there's not much in the way of story i think they actually throw some of the movie cutscenes in there um and they pop up on the screen like you can't record this piece of gameplay because it's from a movie and we're gonna get sued if we do that because movie studios are assholes as everyone knows um so so that's an interesting part but but by and large you know it's very cartoony it's very saturday morning it's um it's nothing too uh serious and there's nice gameplay variety like i i remember ali t you know doing surfboarding things uh and there's like races in here where you're on a board that you're like going against people and you can you know do it like Mario Kart where you're going for like gold cups and stuff which I was not interested in at all because I'm bad at generally any racing thing in any game (laughs) so (laughs) I just did the bare minimum and moved on with my day uh but they shake things up like rail grinding and jetpack stuff it every planet you get to is a new environment to explore and, and to look at and to appreciate and there's a lot of killing enemies but there's there's creative ways that you can deal with them so like I talked about the groovinator which makes them dance so i'd get them locked into that and then i'd throw out this pulse thing that kind of sits there in the middle and kind of does damage as it just pulses out of itself and then i just get up close and flamethrow them so i've gotten like all these three things combined together like creatively using my weapons to dispatch enemies in more uh productive ways um and yeah that's something that's kind of unique here i've not really done that in many games before so I really enjoyed it. I think this is a freaking great game um, and it's nice to look at. It's just, it's just fun. You know, sometimes it's hard to describe a game. You just say it's just fun. I just enjoyed sitting there going through, you know, great time. Loved it. Um, So, yeah, it's Ratchet and Clank. And it came Um, out earlier this year, didn't it? Yeah, it's a 2016 game, so maybe it might show up in a list or something. Who knows? You'll have to find out and and see.
1: We'll be interested Um, to see like, with other gaming outlets what they think of this game in terms of Games of the Year discussions as well
0: yeah it is hard because it is a remaster of an old game not rem- a remake i should say remaster and remake are kind of interchangeable terms for whatever reason but that they mean different things right like this is right. a ground up complete remake of the game um it keeps all the old elements but like look how different it is you know from from the original whereas there's stuff like last of us remastered which is hey this is the ps3 game but we put it in 1080p this time in 60 <laughs> fps you know yeah. like there's 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 effort gone into this and care that hasn't gone into a lot of those other games so um yeah it's weird it's hard it's a it's a similar thing with dragon quest 7 which um i've been playing as well but uh, we'll talk about that more i think in the next segment because uh we have to talk about the top nintendo games of 2016 um so oh i think we're gonna close things out for this segment and we'll meet you after the break with some debate uh, so don't go anywhere we'll be right back right everyone welcome back to the second half of the show it's time for game of the year shit it's time for us to talk about all the video games nintendo put out uh, and also come back with some of your emails which you sent in some old games some new games and uh, have a look at uh, the listenership and what they've been playing in 2016 it's good uh, broad representation i think ballet
1: yeah very broad i think broad is the right word (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, So, you want to kick it off uh, with an email from Simon who sent in his old games uh, last week, and now we have his 2016 games
1: sure so it's 2016 well they're not yeah they are 2016 sorry number eight is photos with mario for the 3ds number seven metroid prime blast ball number six lost reavers number five star fox zero number four my nintendo pit cross twilight princess number three hyrule warriors number two mini mario and friends amiibo challenge for wii u and 3ds and number one is twilight princess hd
0: Pretty slim pickings there. <laughs> it kind of represents the year of Nintendo, it? really does, because there are yeah. some
1: big ones in there, but obviously there's a lot of smaller stuff came out this year. I completely forgot about Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge. That was right. a weird one that came out a while Bali, ago.
0: I don't think I've ever heard of Photos with Mario. I don't even I know imagine what that it's is. it's an app on 3DS where you take photos with Mario, I don't we, know.
1: We curse the Nintendo podcast and we don't even know what Photos with Mario is.
0: Simon, always with the deep cuts.
1: Um, cut, Simon. So, there you
0: go. Uh, so, we uh, also had Rachel uh, last week sending in her old games, and this week she has sent us uh, the 2016 ones. Uh, so, we'll take a look at those. Uh, she also has The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. Uh, she says, Like you both, I'm working my way through the Zeldas I've not played, and while it's not the best ever, the dungeons alone make this one of my favorites. I would agree. Uh, Ratchet & Clank on PS4, which I just talked about in the last segment. Uh, She says, Again, a game that scratched an itch, this time a 3D platformer, and one which was, above everything else, uh, very fun. It was a very capable game, a joy to play in a genre while seemingly now having a resurgence underrepresented in recent years. Uh, Uncharted 4, Having played through previous three main Uncharted games last year, this was a natural progression. Whilst the Uncharted games have never been as impressive to me as they are to many, for me this was the best of the lot and a very solid and spectacular game. Forza Horizon 3. Okay, okay, it's a racing game, but what a racing game. Similar to other games I've mentioned, Forza Horizon 3 is pure, unadulterated fun in parts, and for someone who likes cars, as I do money well spent. It also meant my Xbox One wasn't just gathering dust all year. And finally, Pokemon Moon. I know NBZ isn't particularly interested in this instalment of Pokemon and it's nothing mould breaking or overly revolutionary I'd like, I would like—I would likely put 100 plus hours into it whether it was good or not the latest Pokemon games are it turns out pretty damn good and while there's quite a lot of 2016 slash winter releases I've not had the chance to play, Pokemon Moon is my early pick for personal game of the year anyway apologies for the mini essays on many of my picks, I look forward to hearing yours, keep up the good work so uh, some cool stuff in there uh, a lot of stuff I've played, um Charted and Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Forza Horizon 3 is one that I think, Barry, you'd enjoy quite Yeah, much.
1: that's just racing games. I've just got this itch for racing games that I've not scratched in a very long time. That's obviously because, you know, i got Nintendo systems and it'd be yeah. nice to like just get a good old arcade style, real not realistic, but you know, like photorealism, inter- photorealistic racer and just yeah. give one a blast. It'd be nice if something like that could come to Switch
0: totally i'm sure uh it's
1: possible, Definitely possible. Uh, so our next uh list is from Rusty, who's from the internet who says you guys are getting me through waiting around in a day clinic waiting for my wisdom teeth to be yanked out lol absolutely love the show been listening for two years well glad we can get you through the through the day clinic the clinic, absolutely. Rusty. Uh, number 10 um art academy At- atelier atelier. Right? atelier what is atelier yeah
0: it's a thing don't ask it's a thing keep right going. no questions asked here we go number nine <laughs> anime <Fit> bali <laughs> anime <laughs> number
1: nine we fit you i'm gonna get criticism for that <laughs> mm-hmm. number nine we fit you number eight we U sports club the tennis only number seven rayman legends number six twilight princess uh, number five zelda Waker hd number four nintendo land number three affordable space adventures number two call of duty black ops 2 number one zombie U and all, and he says Merry Christmas and Happy New Year of course
0: absolutely uh, a lot of Wii U exclusives in there uh, from over the years so it looks like he's kind of catching up playing catch up which is always good especially when Switch is round the corner uh, so interesting stuff there the next email uh, comes from our friend of uh, who writes hi buzz and baller congratulations on another year of great podcasting i look forward to listening and watching your 2017 content now here is my game of the year list uh, he has got seven games uh, so we'll run them down zero time dilemma at number seven before 2016 when i played earthbound and my 2016 game of the year 999 and virtues last reward were my favorite two games of all time I don't like this game nearly as much and thought it a disappointing end to the series that left a lot of questions unanswered but it is still objectively a good game just not what I wanted or expected from the finale Number 6, Ratchet & Clank This game is just fun as I said in the previous segment uh, the weapon variety, <laughs> secrets and deep upgrades coupled with satisfying combat uh, just make a fun experience all around Number 5. Fire Emblem Fates. I haven't played Revelations yet, but I really enjoyed both Birthright and Conquest. I really, really like what they did with the pairing-up mechanic in this game. They could have played it safe and kept it the same as Awakening, but they recognised that it made the game too easy and found a way to implement it better. Number 4, Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. A lot of people praise this expansion for its quantity of content, but I think its quality should be commended as well. The quests and setting are, in my opinion, more interesting in this expansion than both the previous expansion and even the main game. Number 3, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice. A large helping of Ace Attorney that mixes up the pacing a little, and the seances were actually an interesting gimmick for arguably the first time. Number 2, Civilization 6. I have over 800 hours in Civ 5. What? If you told me at the start of the year that Civ 6 was coming out this year and it wouldn't be my game of the year. I wouldn't have believed you. I don't think I like it as much as Civ 5, but it's too early to say. Definitely better than Civ 5 was at launch without expansion, so who knows. It is great though. And number one, The Witness. This game is art. I feel like I had a gaming renaissance playing this game and Earthbound very close together even though they came out 20 years apart. I honestly do feel, like with Earthbound, that everyone should play this game. Don't look up solutions, just get out your notebook, solve puzzles, and explore. Apologies for the long email. Bring on the year of the Switch, your pal, Acerbus. Uh Well, yeah, there's some very well-written can, can uh, we entries just, there. Can we
1: just pause and say 800 hours of Sim 6?
0: Look, Valley, like, I played 900 hours of Pokemon Diamond, so I'm not going to tell d- anyone. D- did
1: you do that in the space of a year?
0: uh no probably two or three uh yeah but but he's talking about civ 5 so i don't think he's done that in a year okay
1: sorry uh, i've got you right yeah because civ 6 i, came I out misunderstood this that i was a bit worried for a second there but yeah
0: yeah some some great picks in there i really need to get to the 999 series zero time dilemma it seems like some people are disappointed by it but um which are three obviously blood and wine i love direction clank i loved uh the witness is the one though bally that i know he says everyone should play it I- but some people feel Try. physically sick playing The Witness or even watching a video of The that Witness I love how it's like
1: it's a first so like you tried like your 20 minutes of Doom and that sort of worked out to some degree right yeah, and kind then of. The Witness which is like this puzzle game that obviously it's first person but you're looking at you're looking at like a grid in front of you. I don't get how it can still. Well, you make have you... to move
0: around the island, though, Bally. And yeah, it's like... that and the motion that goes along with it and the speed of movement. I literally. Eight minutes yeah. of watching that giant bomb quick look, and I had to lie down for like 40 minutes. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs>
1: uh maybe they could come out with like a vr version that might actually reduce the that feeling and
0: make you feel a bit more it's a good shout i know you want to play the witness ball yeah i really
1: would like to try something like that that was very early this year Uh, it was yeah interested uh to try it maybe it could come to switch i'm gonna say that a lot Uh, again uh, now in the switch (laughs) like maybe that could come to switch please but yeah uh so our next email is from sullivan is from the internet Hello, Amazon Valley. My list is primarily made up of games from years past, since that was the most cost-efficient way to play games number 10 Batman Arkham Origins number 9 Elite Beat Agents number 8 The World Ends With You number 7 Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty number 6 Metroid Prime 2 Echoes yes number 5 The Walking Dead (laughs) Season 1 number 4 Spec Ops The Line number 3 The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker only number 3 number 2 Fire (laughs) Emblem Awakening and number 1 Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater hope you both have fantastic holidays sincerely Sullivan
0: Wow! Looks like uh, Sullivan was playing through the uh, MGS series this year, uh, which yeah. is commendable. Um, I personally prefer to watch people play through it rather than play through myself, excepting Metal Gear Solid Five, of course. Um, some stuff in there. Uh, I really need to get to Spec Ops: The Line. Everyone talks about that as a very subversive. Which one was
1: interesting... that on? Which one was that?
0: Uh, Spec Ops: The Line is this like very subversive shooter that is kind of it's giving you a message about like war and stuff that a lot of shooters kind of pass by. Um and is I have had platform? it on Steam, oh, on Steam. for uh, a while. So yeah, I need to get to that at some point. Um an elite beat agents, everyone talks about Elite Beat Agents and that's a rhythm game that is probably something that we should have played at some point. Yeah. By. So
1: I'd be interested in that one as well.
0: Great. Alright, right. well uh the next list uh, comes from our friend Kevin uh kevin s who says my game of the year list is incredibly short because i actually fell out of gaming entirely for about eight months this year despite playing a few titles sporadically there are games that i'm working my way through right now like chrono trigger that i'm loving but this will just be a 2016 list and he has three games uh number three uncharted 4 the conclusion to the uncharted series one of my all-time favorite series i don't know if my tastes have just changed over the years but this one was good not fantastic the way i love 2 so much the narrative visuals and voice acting were top-notch but the gameplay was just pretty good, to be honest. Number two, Doom. I've never actually played a Doom game before this one, but it's becoming my all-time favourite FPS. It's the first FPS that I've played that I had such an outstanding single-player campaign. The level design was out of the park, and the controls were some of the best I've ever experienced. In a way, the exact opposite of Uncharted. Almost no story but addictive running and gunning make this game. The, this one converted me into an old-school shooter fan. And number one, Final Fantasy XV. There's a level of charm and love put into the game that really brings the world and characters to life. Every positive element that the Final Fantasy series is known for is evoked here. The gameplay is equally outstanding. Perfect action mixed with RPG strategy. The game has some serious flaws. Backtracking that's extremely tedious and a camera that you'll be fighting against at times in battle. But it's brought the magic back to gaming that I had been missing for such a long time. I need to get to Final Fantasy XV, Bally. It's, uh, it's going down in price. I'm waiting for it to go down. The Last Guardian, actually got cut in price like 50% and is down 25 quid and I was thinking mm, probably going to pick that up uh, pretty soon but uh, yeah some, some good games on there and uh, thank you Kevin for the list
1: Our final list is from Johan, who's from Norway. Greetings from Trondheim, Norway. I've been a listener since the Minish Cap episode, but haven't gotten around to submitting anything until now. I can rarely think of a good question. The lineup of new Nintendo games was a bit underwhelming this year, so the only new games I picked up were Fire Fire Emblem Fates and Pokemon Moon. Neither of them I have finished yet. I'm right with you. I've not finished them either. (laughs) I started on Awakening when Fates came out. finished it in about a week, picked up Fates, and got sidetracked halfway through Birthright. However, this was the year I bought a PS4 and later a PC, so I've mostly been playing on those. Here's my top five. Number five, Inside. A great game I ended up being slightly underwhelmed by. The game got an insane amount of praise, so when I played it, I waited for this amazing groundbreaking thing to happen. But it didn't. I kind of got the idea quite early and expected the game to be different from what it really was. Still a really solid game. Number four, Firewatch. I played this in one sitting, home alone on a warm summer night, so the experience as a whole was pretty great. The game is probably not for everyone, but for me, uh, that night that night it was perfect. Number three, Uncharted Four. Also a bit underwhelming, fantastic animations, voice acting, scenery, etc. But some parts were a bit tedious and at times it seems like you were just interacting with the animation, interacting with the animations. The climbing is still a bit uninteresting. And towards the end, I got pretty sick of every structure collapsing as Nate touches it. (laughs) Number two, Owlboy. This is a Norwegian studio, so I might be a bit biased, but the game really impressed me. The amount of emotions they managed to put into the pixel art style truly amazed me. The game feels very much like Zelda. It features interesting puzzles, goofy characters, great music, and a great adventure, which which gives it a complete and unique experience. Number one overwatch i kept playing for hours on end simply because of the variety and playstyle the different heroes offered Blizzard are not looking to stop support anytime soon so this is a game i'll be looking forward to playing more as soon as i'm done with my exams
0: well there we have it uh anything there bally that interests you i know you played firewatch um, yeah,
1: I, I enjoyed Firewatch. I talked about that earlier this year on the show. Um, I'd like more experiences like Firewatch. I think experiences like Firewatch are very slim on Nintendo platforms. And totally. I really hope that i'll say it again i really hope stuff like that can come to switch because i think something you can just bell. take on the go something story driven that you can just take on the go and d- dip back into a bit of story and then when you're back at home stick back in your tv and firewatch is a glorious looking game so just stick it back in i think games like that would be great i'm also very interested in Owlboy. boy i think that thing looks awesome
0: it does look really good I uh, hope to play Owlboy some point next year uh, it'll probably be a Steam sale uh, and uh, I'm also one of those people who heaped insane praise on Inside so apologies if I uh, <laughs> went over the top insane there well, I love that game. I think it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, with that said, Bali, I think that's all the emails uh, of people for their game of the years. So let's jump right in to our selections. Uh, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to run down the list of everything that came out, and uh, we're going to decide on a combined collective top five between the two Sh- of us. Shall we
1: run down some rules?
0: Uh, Sure, you go ahead and lay those out.
1: Um, So these games had to come out on a Nintendo system or had to have been made by Nintendo. So we're going to, you know, include a little quick mention of Super Mario Run, Mitomo, that sort of thing. And we should also say... uh, smaller sort of spin-off games like Star Fox Guard were counting as whole separate games. Uh we're also dividing up Fire Emblem Fates importantly into Birthright, Conquest and Revelations because we believe it's just easier to talk about those games separately. So they are counting as three separate games um for this list. Um and I think that's all the rules we really need. I think any more from you, MBZ?
0: No, uh sounds good. Um let's uh, figure this out bally so uh let's run down the games we have um and then maybe let's start cutting some stuff and talking sure. about them and figuring out how to to whittle this down so the list we currently have is box box boy fire emblem fates birthright conquest and revelation yokai watch tokyo mirage session sharp fe phoenix Wright: ace attorney spirit of justice dragon quest 7 Star Fox zero Star Fox guard rhythm heaven megamix or rhythm paradise megamix if you want to be specific for us in the uk uh pokemon sun uh, and then we have mitomo and super mario run and uh, i also want to quickly discuss pokemon go and am2r though we're not uh, having those up for potentially getting anywhere because uh, going against our rules i guess badly so uh sure. maybe let's talk about pokemon go real quick it was a weird thing this year, right? Like, it was kind of crazy. It, it, it was a set thing. Everything on fire. Definitely. Um, it, yeah, I just. It I, made I huge felt. Waves. Like I got into it later on at the start it was kind of fucked up it wasn't working i walked around edinburgh and it just wasn't doing anything like near my house at all um and then we went down to london and i kind of got into the groove a bit there were like these huge groups of people in the middle of london just standing by the parliament going crazy and it was unlike anything i've ever seen before um and i didn't really go too deep with it but i i kind of enjoyed it in the end funnily enough
1: i did not have data on my phone in brussels at the time yeah that's (laughs) kind of tragedy i played it a little bit with a bit of wi-fi and that was fun for all of a few minutes but i've never given that game a proper go with data so maybe i owe it to that game to at least try that perhaps but um an interesting one i think it was worth mentioning but um it's not quite gonna make our top five i think i
0: I think in better years we wouldn't even mention it, you know. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we gotta fill it out. Um, the other one I want to mention, AM2R, which is the uh, another Metroid Two remake, which uh, Nintendo has shunned, has banned, has copyright struck, uh, all that shit. Uh, and i just want to say it is easily one of the best games that came out this year we were worried um, that
1: um nintendo would take our podcast down if the, if we included it in our top five so right we're, clearly
0: we're... yeah clearly so we just couldn't do it, <laughs> um, leave it. yeah i gotta be safe i gotta be safe uh so yeah i i absolutely loved it i think it is an incredible experience it takes metroid 2 and makes it playable um it has like smooth controls really cool new boss battles that the developers made and looks fantastic the sprite work is just beautiful um absolutely a treasure of a game and i hope Bally, you get to play it at some point uh because i don't think nintendo are gonna remake metroid 2 something tells me Bally, it's not really a financially viable thing for them to
1: yeah undertake. who knows where so. metroid 2 is gonna end up but yeah weird one
0: yeah um okay so let's talk about mitomo quickly i don't think we can cut this very easily it's not even a game uh it was the hottest thing in the world for about 24 hours uh and i remember sitting there like next to my sister on the ipad being like this is stupid and dumb and i like it uh for like an hour and a half and i just kind of lost track of time but it really fell off a cliff didn't it It just there wasn't anything to really draw you back into doing it whatsoever yeah it
1: was just Answering questions and funny voices, and that was fun for like uh, half an hour for me. I don't know, maybe an hour. Yeah, it was, <laughs> maybe. It was like, "Hey, MBZ, let's go on Skype. Let make him read your funny question." Okay, like, like that's hilarious. What do I get for it? Oh, some coins. What do I spend these coins on? Nothing uh, because my Nintendo and... is awful. Oh yeah, it was just. Can
0: we talk about worst thing of the year? My Nintendo. Oh god. <sighs> 2016 was a year in which we had Trump and Brexit. I still think my Nintendo is the worst thing of 2016. <laughs> it's right up
1: there, the top three. Yeah, think it, my Nintendo, like the system they've set up and the way they do the coins and things, it's actually really good. Like it seems like a really it could solid. Be great. It's a solid system they've inserted. They're just not updating it. The rewards you're not getting enough for your rewards. And it's just absolutely horrible. It's like the, the value is thing. all
0: over the place. Why is Ugh. something like valued so much higher than something else when clearly they're similarly priced? It's just, it's I, just such a I mean, wreck. maybe
1: they've just given up trying to fix it before Switch and they're going to get a massive so. revamp for Switch and they better because, like. I don't know. But at the same time, how do, how do they launch something that offers sort of semi-free stuff along with a con- console launch? It could be tricky. Maybe that could be some way of implementing more of the uh, virtual console downloads and things, assuming that um, it goes far beyond the, the GameCube rumors and has the other totally. systems on and things. So,
0: so Anyway, uh, bye me, Tomo. was fun knowing you. Uh, and then finally, I think the games that we're not really caring about super mario run which i expressed early in this episode already i kind of enjoyed it uh despite the fact i've not actually played the full game Mm. so i'm not sure we can even nominate it a real
1: positive move from nintendo that i like i said i'm I'm not massively a big fan of it i should go back like you mentioned nbz and give it a bit more of a go but i think Mm -hmm. for like i mentioned earlier someone who's a bit more casual wants a bit of mario doesn't have a nintendo system it's a pretty sweet package
0: yeah totally uh, okay, Bali. Let's uh, get into the meat of things uh, oh and discuss the big games. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to propose cuts and? I, uh, yeah, I see think if we, agree?
1: we cut away at this iceberg until we're left with five games. Okay. Uh, so we're currently you... on twelve.
0: Yes. So, so shall we
1: go rotate between each other and just knock one off gradually? And then if someone's got a big issue, we go oh, hold up, hold up. We need to yeah. take this out and. All right. Yeah. It's, but we um, shouldn't get there for a little while, I think sure
0: uh you want to go first
1: uh sure i'll go first, um I will cut, and so like we should also say the first cuts aren't the worst games they're just no. the games that we're not making the top five first, I guess you could always, i don't know sure anyway i I've not played enough of this game and maybe that's harsh but I've kind of got the gist that I know where the game's going and that's Pokemon Sun. <laughs> um, you're going to kill your own baby, Bally. I'm going to come on a bit. I mean, I I'm enjoying it so far. I'm not going to try and pretend I've played much of this game and I I think it's going to be a great Pokemon game, but I I definitely think there are five better games on this list easily. Uh, Do you think you're then... going to
0: regret that next year, Bally, once you've beaten the game because I think a lot of people are saying that it does some cool things that are different, so perhaps
1: maybe i'm being overly harsh by cutting it so soon
0: it's also like impossible for you to do that right now because you just haven't played enough of it exactly
1: so this is a bit of a weird one but i it's yeah i mean i'm going to discuss this game a lot more in the show so if i if i want to if i want to say actually it should be in the top five we'll tackle that hurdle perhaps when we come to it but at this point in time it's not be it's not shining so hard that it needs to be in the debate in my opinion
0: okay fair enough uh i am going to cut my own baby as well uh i'm gonna cut yokai watch which is the flip side of this coin i guess uh yokai watch came out this year in europe which is weird because i think the second game's already out in north america but um it was a delayed release that i was really interested in and i had a lot of fun playing yokai watch earlier this year it definitely i think got samey and i could see the loop happening and um I blasted through. I beat it in like 15 hours or something, which is relatively short for for an RPG. Uh, but it is, you know, it's it's for young kids. It's not supposed to be that taxing, and it actually was surprising. It got surprisingly tough towards the end uh, with that weird battle system and everything. You wouldn't think that you know these mini games on touchscreens would uh, result in anything that was too tactical, but it actually did get complex. And um, I thought that it was uh, really good looking. Looks better than most stuff on 3DS and really pops a great art style level five and just great at getting stuff out of 3ds but um yeah ultimately i don't think it uh stacks up against some other games here so i'm gonna let it go but um i enjoyed you yoko watch you were fun so that's that cool
1: um i don't know how you will feel about this but i'm gonna try anyway uh Maybe. box box boy
0: mm, no not ready not ready <laughs> I'm not ready to let I'll, go I'll that. pass the there baton are...
1: back to you then. I think that's easier than me trying to take off something that you've played. Okay. Unless you're um, going to attack something I've played, and then we're going to... hard
0: yeah, it's hard. I oof. I think I'm going to take off Star Fox Guard. Oh, <laughs> uh... Oh man, okay okay well here's okay let me just give you an argument because here's what i'm thinking yeah. i don't think either i don't think we're gonna have both zero and guard on this list right like i think it's one or the other and from what i took of you playing those two games i think that you spoke more positively about zero than you did about guard um, and Zero is more of a traditional Star Fox game. It did some things with a gamepad that you liked. And and as you said, those dogfights were way improved. And I just feel that it should maybe be one or the other. So that's that's why I was proposing it. I'll
1: buy your argument and say you're right. I think both of them on the list would be pushing it. So I, I will agree yeah. that Star Fox Guard can go. I really liked Star Fox Guard. It was really yeah, one of those sort of unexpected games... Um, that you just don't see coming, and sort of it started as the tech demo, obviously, and it really just does unique stuff that you could only do on Wii U. I've I've not played it in an environment where perhaps you're watching or someone else is watching MBZ. Because yeah, that that could be quite fun on some of the more challenging levels to be like, oh, there's a robot coming on that camera. Go look out, look out here, look out there. Uh, totally. But I think that it's a formula sort of action tower defense uh, with sort of shooting elements that I thought just worked really well with the cameras and I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, And you're right, having enjoyed Star Fox Zero so much, it was nice playing another game in that universe that was so closely tied together. It was was good fun.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Do you want to take a pick? No, I mean... uh... Look, all these games are ones that I've played now. Exactly. So it's it's so harder like, for you to go It's through already it.
1: two of the three that have gone with me, so I'll pass it back to you again, MBZ, I think, is easiest.
0: Okay, well, I'll uh, I'll kill Revelation, Fire Emblem Face Revelation. Okay, um, interesting. See, I... Because I, w- yeah, I know you gonna-
1: prefer this game to Birthright i do yeah but i know um, you know i like birthright quite i a bit. know
0: so this is the dance that's being taken so this, is, this is where
1: this list takes shape you know it this is does where...
0: yeah uh revelation is really good uh it's definitely what birthright should have been i think um and it gives you the full story uh it allowed me to go and do all the child unit stuff which i just like doing it's it's kind of you know it's a relaxing after game and has uh some cool end game stuff i think the climax of revelation is probably the strongest of all three games we're talking about like the final map and final boss uh by far the most impressive and uh and was really just a joy uh to play so I really love it, but there's there's another better Fire Emblem game on this list, so I I'm gonna get it, let it go. Like you with Star Fox Zero and Guard, I think there may only be room for one, but maybe two. We'll see. One or two? Works. Who knows? I'm not I'm not sure I'm if not I can allow that to happen.
1: Uh, so I on. mean, you know, you got Tokyo Mirage Sessions just chilling. Like that's that's another yeah, FE related thing.
0: It is. You're right. So much Fire Emblem. <laughs> so year,
1: much Fire Emblem. Um, um, I'm, I'm gonna try and get around to revelations at some point i can't say next year because it's switch filled and i'm also in the middle of conquest which will take me a while to beat so i'll hold off on revelations but i'd like to get to at some point okay so Um, this is
0: getting harder for me now bally so maybe we should try and put stuff that has to be on the list from both of us
1: okay Okay. one each
0: okay so i'm gonna go and say fire Emblem fates conquest has to be on this list
1: Sure, I can agree with that. I, I know you absolutely love it. So even if even if I said I absolutely hated it, I think it still deserves to be on the list because that's the that's the power one co host can wield on this thing. So I will sure. I will back you that it conquest should be in the top five. Um okay. I'm gonna go for obviously Star Fox Zero. I was gonna say Star okay. Fox Guard, that's already gone. Star Fox okay. Zero. Um we'll talk about that game in a bit, but I absolutely love love it
0: okay uh let's cut oh it's hard though bally okay can we it... go back
1: to my back to me and my original suggestion
0: what is your original suggestion
1: can we cut box box boy
0: mm. <laughs> god I'm okay let, real... let's
1: let's step back let's step back we got okay. dragon quest 7 tokyo mirage sessions and phoenix Wright: ace attorney yes. spirit of justice chilling yeah yeah something of that's got to go now it really yeah, does amazing. Right. You're yeah, right. Come on.
0: You're right. I don't and I, I think You're defending. you're defending I th- everything. <laughs> I think I'm going to cut Phoenix Wright. Um Interesting. I think I'm cutting that because I enjoyed it, but it is definitely it's not the best Phoenix Wright game. Um I I think like it it said quite a lot that I played Apollo Justice right before this and enjoyed that more than the new game um, and I appreciate it. it did some good stuff, it had the seances which uh, uh, I think it was a service who wrote in about saying that they were one of the, the best new mechanics they've introduced in a long time and I think that's, that's true as well um, but the story just didn't quite do it like there's some interesting stuff in there but it is clutching on a lot of old ideas with spirit mediums and bring people back from the dead and that kind of stuff which has been done in i think more creative and interesting ways in older phoenix right games um and ultimately it didn't like stick a landing that kind of hit me in the face like other games in the series have so i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was a good game but it's not up there in the echelon for me with all the phoenix rights um okay so I'm going to cut it.
1: We're down to seven. Um, I'll quickly run yeah. through them. Fire Emblem Fates, Conquest, Star Fox Zero, mm-hmm. Rhythm Heaven, Mega Mix, Fire Emblem Fates, Birthright, Box Box Boy, Dragon Quest 7, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Hashtag FE. Now can <laughs> we cut Box Box Boy? <laughs> like, I I totally get why you want to defend it, but you're also, you're defending a lot here.
0: I know. Um, I see, I actually, uh, and this is... Really silly because I don't or even you can have. You take box, a box shot boy. at me with
1: something if you want.
0: I just been thinking. So I've I've been making my game of the year video, my top ten, and I don't have box boy box boy in that, but I do have Tokyo It's Toko all Mara coming Sessions, out now, isn't it? And I do have Spirit of Justice, but I'm thinking about it now, and I really have got some editing box, to do. Box box me, boy. I don't know. I don't think I will change it now. But I... <laughs>
1: We can't just say all I, that and then st- keep fighting for a box box boy.
0: Okay, here's what here's what it comes down to, Bally. Is I think there's only room for one of these RPGs, Dragon Quest or Tokyo Mirage Sessions. On this, I think
1: list. that's probably true as and, well, regardless and, of the box box boy debate.
0: Yes, and there are things that I like about both. There are things that I dislike about both. So like, I give think my Tokyo, like
1: external opinion of which one I think you like better out of these two?
0: Uh, you can, but let me just let me just um, okay. You, you know, I was just going to say. Ahead.
1: I think you enjoyed both of these games quite a bit. I think you spent a lot more time on Dragon Quest 7, almost double the time, right? Or even
0: No, I have I spent 50 hours in Tokyo. Oh, Bros.
1: did <laughs> you? I thought it was yeah. 30 for some reason. Ignore Whoa. me. Uh, but you've basically, I think you've raised similar levels of flaws with both games um, yeah. at different points. I mean, obviously you played Hashtag F.E. a lot earlier in the year. Um, I don't know which one. I think you're gonna. I think you might like Dragon Quest Seven a bit more, just because it does. Yeah. It does I... the things an RPG does that you enjoy better.
0: Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely. I think from a gameplay perspective, Dragon Quest Seven is far more enjoyable for me. Um, I think Tokyo Sessions has a smart battle system, but my problem with that game is the difficulty curve is all over the place. Like if you're playing that game on normal average enemies are a pushover they're like a, like you can't even blink and they're dead and then you get to the bosses and you get fucking steamrolled like it's this gap between your bog standard and your bosses that is just so ridiculous and by the end of that game I was just playing on easy just to get through it and I think when I think back, there's some amazing things about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. The music is fucking awesome. Like it's the kind of music. It's very cheesy anime J-pop, but there's some songs in there that I would gladly listen to outside a game setting. And I don't usually do that. Like I like to listen to game music, but I don't go out of my way to like listen to songs. And I remember like one evening, I just put on some of those tunes while I was going to sleep, and I was like listening to them. I'm like these are really good. So mm, so that stuff is great, and it it looks really nice. It just has has this great aesthetic to it but the problem is it's trying to be persona and it doesn't get all the way there like i think the characters are very thin like they they want to be these more deep like nuanced uh, characters but they come off as stereotypes i think in a bad way and that's not what persona excels at. persona is much more about connecting you to them and giving them flaws and and deep interesting problems and i don't think any of those characters had these i think maybe it's to do with the idea that they're all from a talent agency and so they're kind of superficial celebrities in a way you know um so that didn't quite connect with me and I, again i i mentioned this but the, the idea that there's no english dialogue it's japanese with subtitles it's usually not a problem when i'm watching some anime sometimes but it, it was for whatever reason a bit harder here um and it also that game goes on way longer than it should do uh it should have ended after 30 hours which is probably why you thought i played it <laughs> cause for 30 because i kept hours, saying yeah. it should have ended already uh and it took me 50 which i was like god damn um dragon <laughs> quest 7 on the other hand has problems later and is paced very slowly there was a section i did like couple of days ago where i'm going to this area and i have to go through this dungeon and then i have to go back through it and then back through it and then because it's in the past i have to go to the present and back through it again and back through it and that it doesn't give you options to speed past these things like Mm. it's like you have these abilities to fast travel and it's like oh no you're in a section of the game where you can't fast travel right now sorry it's like really like, this is so inconvenient. I'm like late in the game and it's not like me fast travel anymore. I just want to do this. And I can't evacuate from this dungeon for a random reason. And I can't save in this spot for a random reason. And so there are problems, I think, with the some of the workings of that game. Uh, especially the menu and the UI which actually feels sluggish and slow and looks very archaic. It looks just like all the Dragon Quest games have and I don't think it... I think it needs to be updated, basically. Um, it's very simple text. almost Times New Roman, you know? Like, it feels like a word document uh the ui in in this game which considering it's a remake they probably should have done a better job of that um so all that considered i think that in the end i've enjoyed dragon quest 7 more i have i i think it's overstayed its welcome but i've enjoyed playing it the whole time whereas i think tokyo mirage sessions overstayed its welcome and while that was happening i wasn't enjoying playing it so for that reason i think dragon quest 7 is the one here and we cut tokyo mirage sessions as as harsh as that is because i know a lot of people enjoyed that game just good justification it did bad things yeah well so we're, we're so down to
1: out. six um, uh
0: okay and and I think you would probably say and I would agree to get rhythm heaven on this list because I think we can lock that I in think quite it, easily.
1: I was going to argue massively that it's a lock it's Yeah Obviously, you've not played it yet. I I don't know how much you enjoy or not enjoy rhythm games, but I mean... I like them. I mean, you know,
0: I like traditional, like, Guitar Hero stuff. I enjoyed Donkey Konga back in the day. I've played uh, some rhythm stuff here and there. I
1: Um, I honestly think the only way you could not like Rhythm Heaven Megamix is by not being good at it. And I'm confident that you'd be better, just as good as, if not better, than me at this based on how you've done with Donkey Konga, Guitar Hero, etc. So, like, I think... And I play really the guitar. Like
0: I have some sense of rhythm, so.
1: So we've got three games locked: Fate's Conquest, Star Fox Zero, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. So we got Dragon, fi- Quest Dragon Quest
0: Seven. Dragon Seven.
1: Oh, are you locking? Is he locking that?
0: Well, I uh, I'm gonna put it on the list provisionally because if we talk provision- about out of those two, I think one I, I want do- one to be on the list. I was so.
1: gonna say we just need like a discussion between Fire Emblem: Fate's Birthright, Box Box Boy, and Dragon Quest Seven. One of these games isn't getting on.
0: Okay. In that case my argument is birthright can get the fuck out um and i have really railed against birthright i think it does so many things wrong i think the map design is fundamentally boring i think the enemies you fight against are not placed smartly they don't have anything interesting about them they are just numbers and numbers and birthright creates difficulty through numbers and not through strategy and i think ultimately that is a failing of a fire emblem if you're creating difficulty it's potentially in some ways yes but it depends how good you are at the game as well and I think that's
1: I was moderately good and didn't struggle massively until the end
0: yeah and... But you did have a stopping point where you couldn't get through it because. Oh, at the okay, end. It was certain factors with underleveling and stuff, but it was more to do yeah. with the fact that you were underleveled It wasn't talking about at that...
1: the end, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more to do with the fact that you were underleveled than yes. with the fact that you couldn't figure out how to do it. Like you, your numbers were lower than their numbers, and I think ultimately yeah, that is the reason I don't like it is because it doesn't have as much strategy. Um, it doesn't allow you to use like abilities and, and items in a way that is smart and it it puts you in these areas that are more open and easily navigable and just have walls and walls of things you have to go through.
1: But I also think Birthright is the most beautiful Fire Emblem I've played. I think that the setting with all the Japanese buildings and the architecture and the, the characters such as like the ninjas and samurais and things I think look incredible and I i i i think that the more i play any of the fates games uh fire emblem awakening looks like fisher price fire emblem like it,
0: it's well, re- mm, it really is think that's really harsh, that's really harsh. no no it's man. so
1: easy compared to these games and like I, oh, I, I, oh you're and, talking
0: in terms of difficulty uh,
1: in terms of difficulty but we we're talking about the numbers game before and birthright right. is just such so mechanically different from awakening in my view in a yeah. good way for the simple reason that awakening becomes so overpowered and i know you like that aspect and you, you enjoy the power trip of it and that's an that's a that's almost like a separate argument to the strategy because it sort of balls over the strategy it doesn't really have strategy in some regards by the end of that game because your units can become so powerful you can pair them up yeah um, they are cannonballs and i don't want to just use all these arguments to defend the whole of fates because you're right and i i i honestly i definitely see the fewer differences between birthright and conquest than you do but i still think that birthright while there are some levels that are lazily designed and there are some levels that have too many waves of enemies i still think there is strategy in that game and that the units are cool and interesting and i know you rail on the story but i still think like the fate's idea of the multiple paths is a cool idea and birthright is one of those parts is part of that uh trilogy you might say and i do think that birthright is fundamentally a better game in my view than awakening and like that's what i would defend in terms of keeping this on this list and i would drop in a heartbeat box box boy because box the original box boy absolutely had me last year and I was so obsessed with that game I I sunk in so much time into that game in such a short space of time and I really don't think that this game did enough by the sim the simple addition of another set of bo- uh, cubes boxes I I got I thought it was cool for the first few worlds but by the end of that game I was like this is a chore I'm not enjoying this and I just never felt that with the original and if you do the sort of Galaxy One Galaxy Two comparison you never feel tired at any moment of Galaxy One or Two in my view like it it, it reinvents itself it does so much new stuff that regardless of the fact it's copying the formula it's reinventing the formula to a degree where nothing ever burns out and i would argue that at the end of box box boy burned out too much for me and i if box 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 boy comes out in like next year i
0: dude have you seen the trailer for the third box boy
1: is there a third box boy already announced yeah, they oh already announced it. it's the
0: last one it's called goodbye box boy in japan it's coming out i think next year so um, it's the last one it is the last one okay. confirmed. But man, they, there's some cool fucking mechanics in that trailer. It looks like a big step up. So And that's
1: interesting. And I think that's an interesting debate we could have next year, but I right. I can't just I can't justify Box Box Boy being on this list. <sighs> I know it beat Xenoblade last year and it deserved to beat Xenoblade I, last year, but it See, here's the problem here is,
0: The problem here is that we we just cut Star Fox Guard because we can't have two Star Fox games on this list and I think we also can't have two Fire Emblem games on this list <sighs> so that's think... my problem here. Is I think Box Boy, Box, Box Boy is really excellent and it does clutch on a lot of things from the old game but I think it actually improves on some things and makes some smart decisions and has levels that really scratch my head but I every time was enjoying myself playing that game i thoroughly enjoyed playing that game like the whole way through and i i feel like you got burned out far quicker than i did um, i definitely and my did. problem with birthright is i didn't enjoy playing it i just went through it because i felt i had to um and also all these arguments you're making about birthright about its positivities the setting and all that stuff and all these characters conquest has all that as well that all the does, there are lots but... of maps there are lots of maps from Birthright that are in Conquest. All those characters you see from a different perspective. Uh, you get a story that is much more interesting. It may not be better, but it actually comes from an angle that isn't generic.
1: Totally, um, and, and I'm not. I'm not going to argue that Birthright is better than Conquest, but you do see a lot more of Hoshido and the more unique units early on in that game, and I think that's a really cool thing that Birthright does. But they suck. Does. All they those units don't are terrible. Suck. The they are and awful. They're weak Crash.
0: They're, they're not. not good. They are. They're g- not good units. <laughs> they were a pain in the ass to deal with. and They
1: they're not bulky. I'll give you that, but you just got to use them in different ways. Like I do think they are decent and good units, and I think that uh like if we're gonna the more the more you're railing against birthright, it just drags down conquest more. No, it mind. doesn't. It no, does it does because not, I see because them the so aspects of
0: birthright, con- I'm criticizing valley the aspects of birthright i'm criticizing are amazing in conquest or better you know like the characters in conquest are way better but
1: your view of making the units better is by making them more traditional
0: right but that's what i enjoyed about it i think that it was a game that had those things but also it's not just that though it's the fact that the maps had a uh, set up and a design to them that was so much more interesting. The objectives in Conquest are far more fascinating and uh, hard to navigate and um, strategic than the ones in Birthright. Tell me an, an objective in Birthright that wasn't kill all the enemies or beat the boss. You can't because there isn't one. There's no variety in that gameplay whatsoever. Whereas in Conquest you've already played a chapter in chapter 10 that has survived for 10 turns against this onslaught of enemies that has these ballistas that you have to manage, that has yeah, new units really that cool. you have to deal with, that it. has houses that yeah. you have to visit to get items from that has a, a, a boss who can summon a wave that changes the entire outlay of the map those four aspects in one single map that you cannot say are in any aspect of birthright <laughs> whatsoever it is absolutely a step above by miles and miles and eons and eons it is not even a contest birthright is a pitiful mess compared I to think I i do agree birthright is fairly difficult
1: to Defend mechanically versus a game like Conquest, but I do still prefer its mechanics over something like Awakening and I do think that you need to give more credit for the new units and the setting of Hishido because I think it's something that's new to the Fire Emblem series and is really cool and it's what it's, it's it's a bigger part of Birthright than Conquest just because of the setting of Hishido and I do think that Birthright should scrape into this and that I get you're, I, you're defending I get you defending Box Box Boy, but we can always keep Birthright and Box Box Boy and relegate mm. DQ7.
0: No, Dragon Quest 7 absolutely should be on this list. But that's um,
1: but, but you're defending two games and I'm defending one, and you're I... asking for the one I'm defending to get cut.
0: Uh, <laughs> I hate this. Which, Fuck, I mean, I we this. can go
1: along with that and cut Birthright, but it's going to have consequences later for the top three.
0: <laughs> oh god oh dear oh uh, you're making uh you're right you're, you're very right valley um man i don't like it but i box box boy it's hard to defend i get it it's really hard to defend because it is so incremental um it's it's not a big change it's it's just I had so much more fun playing that game and I think it uh, I think it's smart and it's good and I think I'll let it go I think I'll let it go but it's I, I'll let it go with the caveat that I do not want birthright any higher than 5 it's
1: on this 5 list. don't you worry there is no way it can goes be any five. higher. and I it's think the it bottom, should be 5
0: and I can't, I can't physically say it goes higher so there you go Bally you get fucking birthright on this damn list which is what i never wanted to happen at the end of this year but look at here we are but
1: i really enjoyed that game you know you did okay let's be fair this
0: is a joint list and you did very much enjoy birthright yeah
1: i Um, and i i do agree with a lot of your arguments you've made about the game yeah Um, but that is also our number five locked we're in agreement all right yeah we've got four games to play with at the top here
0: uh, I I'm going to go ahead and say Dragon Quest Seven can go in at four. Uh, I think the rest of these games are better than it, and we have clearly made that apparent from the fact that we were okay. trying to figure out where to even get that in if it was to get in at all. Um, and I think I've said my piece on it. I uh, I'm literally playing it right now while uh, we're having podcasting problems. I'm on the final boss right now. Yeah. So Just while um, my
1: laptop melts, but yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Uh, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, i think that there are definitely better dragon quest games out there i've been told by people that this is not one of the better ones but i haven't really thought it was enjoyable and also there's something about the class system in this game that really gives me a fire emblem vibe in the sense that you go to the abbey and you change your classes and i found this sheet online so you know bali i showed you like back when we were playing fire emblem 7 this chart of like what everyone like promoted into Yes. and i just love that shit i just love mapping it out and saying oh i gotta do this and dragon quest 7 is like that because it's like okay i've gotta i've gotta master these classes which will let me unlock this promoted one and then once i've got two of these promoted classes i'll unlock this one which can get all this shit and there's this chart i found online and the chart looks awesome and i've just been using that chart the whole time i've been sitting there listening to podcasts while i grind grind out job levels it's just given me that kind of sense that fire emblem gives me like leveling people up and stuff um so I think that that's a great system, and I there was a job system in Dragon Quest Nine that I just didn't get into, I didn't really understand or invest in, and this one I really have uh, have enjoyed. So uh, I'll throw that out there as appreciation. Dragon Quest Seven, I'll I'll say sticks at number four.
1: All right, that's five and four locked.
0: Yeah, so we got uh, three games here. We've got Fire Emblem Fates Conquest, got Star Fox Zero, and we have Rhythm Heaven Megamix. Bally, uh, two of these games are picks that you're going to be championing. Um, I think it's between Rhythm Heaven and Star Fox I can Rhythm, give Heaven you top Star three now if you want,
1: and you can see if you agree with me or not. Uh, okay. And this is, bearing in mind, Birthright made the list, which I'm very mm-hmm. well aware of. Uh, okay. But I think Fire Emblem Fates Conquest, Star Fox Zero, and Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix can be locked at that.
0: So you're saying... Mega Mix 3? Yes. Star Fox. So let's have this conversation because I'm very interested in this. Um is uh, you have played both these games and you have enjoyed both of them. Which one is it that speaks to you more?
1: Star Fox Zero and Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Yeah. Uh Star Fox Zero just has something about it that is it's not scared to be different it's not scared to try something new it's not scared to have a level in there that's just no fun whatsoever but the rest of the game is awesome and I'm you know I'm talking about like the the sort of stealthy robot parts which right yeah I completely forgot about those they are not good uh but when I talked about this game earlier in the year this came out way back in May I want to say it they're, those dog fights, the boss fights, most of them are so good. They are just so so good. Uh, I think it's a better looking game than it's given a lot of credit for. I think that it's it speaks to me more because it's not scared to be different. Mm. Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix obviously is is a solid game, and it's like rhythm games in and of themselves are ve- in and of themselves are very unusual and unique and different Um, and I've not played one before other than sort of Rhythm Thief which is sort of a very different uh, a different monster but I just think Star Fox Zero does stuff that you could only ever do on Wii U and Hmm. it's an experience that you're not going to get on Switch, you're not going to get on any future systems for the time being Uh, and it took way too long to come out on Wii U but and it did get a lot of criticism, and I do think the controls take a long, for such a short game, the controls take a very long time to get used to, and I think that is a big criticism of the game. But at the same time, it's still arcadey Star Fox, there's a lot of replayability, you can go back and try and get better results and missions and things, and I've still not done that, and that is bad that I've not done that, but... That's almost part of the nature of the show And you play a game, you enjoy it, you talk about it and then you play something else and it's very difficult to to go back and play games you enjoy and had uh, I not done the show, I would be playing a lot more Star Fox Zero this year than I ended up playing Uh, but to your question this game speaks to me more because it's different it's unique, it's not scared to be different and it oozes more Nintendo I would even argue than any game on this list and I think that that's something that nintendo shouldn't forget going forward is you know we've talked about super mario run earlier it's great it's also quite a safe thing in terms of what you could do if nintendo made a 2d mario platformer on uh mobile phones and as great as as great as the other games on this list are many of them are fairly safe in many aspects but Star Fox zero is not scared at all, and I really hope that going into the era of the switch that Nintendo can try to do experiences like Star fox Zero and say here 's a franchise that we 're going to try and reinvent because, like i 've said before, Star fox Zero looks like star fox sixty four it plays and feels nothing like that game and mm in my view that's that's for good i think you're not a big fan of Star Fox 64 i quite liked it no. um i think that stu- i'm not
0: a fan of it but i i can definitely i can respect the Star Fox series and i can respect this being this high on this list because i'm just not good at those games i don't think they're bad games i just i i don't have the aptitude for it i just yeah. i'm not the sort of player who can get my head around these kind of flying-esque you know 3d space things and that's my fault that's not the game's fault particularly yeah um so and I'm, yeah, i can't really and i think two
1: is a really good position for this game for this year i think we're going to talk about conquest in a bit but mm. i am playing through that game i really enjoyed fire fire emblem fates conquest i think it is one of your top games of all time yes it's it's, mm-hmm. it's your favorite fire emblem ish i'm not i don't want to put words in your mouth you'll get there as well but uh it's, it's all it's a game we both love and this is a combined list and i think you've not played star fox zero do you i think you would enjoy star fox zero probably not i think you'd find it like a just harder to control more frustrating i star might fox pull a jim 64. sterling and uh yeah you know, and i really don't think star fox zero is for everyone i think you have to be into the space shooters you have to like star fox you have to be prepared to learn a very 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 different control system you can't just go in having played other space shooters assuming you you can play this one you need to mm. step back and relearn a bit so that's all my reasoning behind Star Fox Zero I think okay. uh, I've not really talked much about Rhythm Heaven Megamix maybe I should do that quickly now but
0: yeah but I mean you know Rhythm Heaven Megamix is ultimately a collection of old game stuff plus some new things. Yeah. So, and I guess those two games are kind of similar in that way with Star Fox cuz I know that Star Fox reuses locations and things from older games um with you know new gameplay twists on them but Rhythm Heaven seemingly is like hey here's an old game that wasn't a thing that you've not played yet. Um so maybe uh you know that's another reason you could maybe dock it down but for you you've never played them before so it was all new.
1: Hmm. Yeah, totally and Rhythm games in general, I've just started this year uh, when we're talking about non-guitar sort of hero Donkey Kong, which is obviously rhythm as well. But these sort yeah. of handheld Japanese style, let's combine warrior wear with rhythm sort of experience, it was just really, really satisfying. Uh, some of the music in that game is fantastic. You mentioned uh, hashtag FE earlier with sort of the J-pop. This yeah, is sort of like. Big it's sort of the dancier side of j-pop you can maybe even argue in this game it's like a lot heavier like beats and things and i really i think i I do think you'd enjoy this game mz and you should definitely try it at some point in 2017 or beyond uh but obviously it's going to be a busy year with switch but yeah it it, it, yeah it's it's a good number three for this list especially in this rather poor year of 2016. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh I think if I had played Rhythm Heaven then it may have been able to go up the list a bit more. Um but you know that's the nature of of this is like some of us play some stuff and the other person plays the other and uh I'll I'll see. I, I definitely want to get to that but uh yeah, let's maybe talk about Fire Emblem Fates Conquest because I think we can agree that this should be number 1. This Ooh. would be my number 1 if I was to do a, a list on my own. Um what a fucking glorious piece of work is Fire Emblem Fate's Conquest. It, I talked about how Birthright had soured me on the franchise and I was really I took a long break between playing these two games because I was just kinda of pissed off <laughs> at what Fates had done <laughs> with Birthright um there are a lot of elements i now when i look back on birthright i kind of retract maybe a bit in the sense that the weapon triangle is annoying as fuck and it doesn't make sense in my old fire Emblem brain but you get used to it eventually and yeah and that was your first experience of it
1: right exactly
0: birthright just threw me in at the deep end um and then you have stuff like uh you know the the new pairing up stuff which i thought was much better than awakening in the end like it's, it's hard to get used to to decide whether to pair with someone or to go with attack stance and i actually really like that the enemies do it as well it just adds a layer of strategy to the overall play field that is way more intense and way more threatening than what awakening had because you were just absolutely just blasting through people without any care in the world in that game and and conquest really takes it to another level because i think birthright does it sometimes where it has enemies doubled up or paired or whatever conquest just throws that shit at you constantly it's not only is it enemies that are paired up together it's they'll run next to each other and be in a good alignment they'll have a certain ability i always talk about this one moment in the rainbow sage tower where you have these three ninjas and they all have the ability i can't remember what it's called it's yeah. uh, it's where they swap position lunge, lunge I think yeah they all have lunge and there are three of them and one of them comes up lunges your unit the next one is now in range and lunges your unit and this sequence of these three ninjas moves your unit from one side of the room to the other and it's crazy it's like the enemies are way smarter they employ these tactics that completely screw you over and it just makes battles so much more difficult to deal with and manage but it's so much more fun because it forces you to have strategy it forces you to think okay i need to use the shelter command here because there's no other way to rescue someone and i've got to get them out of the way so i need to make sure this unit is in my side i need to make sure i have a rescue wand to get someone out of a tight situation i've got to use debuffing from these certain items i've got to be able to make sure my ability is lined up with this enemy um, i've got to get to this chest in time before something terrible happens like there are moments of constant fear and uh thinking and and just planning that goes into every single map and there's always something fresh thrown at you whether it be the level with the pots where you have to break them open and some of them are poison but some of them are healed you or whether it be the level where the doors open if you stand on certain switches and you can cut off enemies from you in certain spots to stop the flow Uh, but then you have to worry about the ones opening on the other side and make sure your timing is correct like constantly throwing new ideas and new mechanics and wrinkles into the maps and just absolutely blew me away it was uh, a master class in design unlike i've seen in anything in many years and is absolutely one of my favorite fire emblem games if not my favorite um and that's a tough tough nut to crack because i'm a huge fan of seven i think path of radiance is exceptional and i think conquest sits alongside them at the, at the echelon the top spot um of all this so there you go. There's my love of Conquest Bali. Wow. You've got to play more of this damn game. I do. And I love it.
1: I will do in 2017, and we'll be talking about that. Um, shall we do a quick rundown of the top five? Yeah, you go ahead. Number five was Fire Emblem Fate's Birthright. Number seven was number seven. Number four (laughs) was Dragon Quest Seven. Number three was Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Number two was Star Fox Zero. Number one is Fire Emblem Fate's Conquest.
0: Well, there you have it, everyone. That is our top five of 2016. Uh, There's been better years, Bally, I think. Uh, But there are some really good games in here. I don't want to deny them that because uh, there's some great stuff and I've enjoyed playing a lot of it. Um, So, yeah, I think that rounds us out for everything. I guess that is the show so thanks everyone for listening uh, it's been a good year we've uh, had some good growth on the iTunes front we had the YouTube channel launched overall some success we went, to, went Gamescom. to Gamescom yeah absolutely uh, Good we stuff got there. press
1: passes for this Nintendo life it was awesome we
0: did it was It was great so um, hopefully we'll do more cool stuff in 2017 and hopefully you'll be along for the ride uh, and keep enjoying the show Bali uh, what do you want to do to close out the show what should we tell the fine folks to do where can they find us
1: Uh, please find us on twitter check out the this nintendo life twitter account which is at tnl podcast that's at tnl podcast Uh, it's the best place to go to find out the latest on all the videos for the youtube channel and the episodes when they go up on itunes and other podcasting apps
0: absolutely it is uh the place to be uh love being there it is the bestest uh you can email us of course at our email address which is Bali.
1: this nintendo life at com. that is this nintendo life at com. maybe you want some of your your predictions for 2017 because that's going to be the big the big show to start off the year next time for episode 83
0: yeah totally we uh definitely want to do that it's going to be three days out of the switch launch when that episode goes up so <laughs> uh, might be a little bit um uh, stuff and perhaps we should say away we're
1: going to do a regular episode for 83 where we do our predictions and then we'll hopefully do a reaction show as soon as possible to the to the um big announcements on january 12th slash 13th
0: well it literally is slash 13th for us because it's like four and five a.m respectively yeah. so <laughs> Gonna have to wake up early for What that we one, do Mali? for
1: you listeners, eh? What we do for you listeners.
0: I mean, it's it's selfishly for us as well, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, but yes of course um, you can find the show in many places we're on iTunes where you can review us please review us, it's Christmas if you want to give us a Christmas present don't send anything in the post, don't give us video games review us on iTunes, that would be the most wonderful really thing would. in the world um, we'd really appreciate that so go ahead and go there uh, you can find us on Stitcher as well of course we're on YouTube now uh, you can find our channel youtube.com slash thisnintendolife um, and you can find me on Twitter, I'm at LordNBZ he's at Ballyman91 and we are pretty much done. Um been a hell of a twenty sixteen, Bally.
1: It's been a lot of ups and downs, perhaps. Yeah, you, could you can say, say that. but uh, and from Nintendo's perspective I think quite a lot of downs. But twenty seventeen yeah. from Nintendo's perspective has a lot going for it. And I think Oh yeah. We'll talk obviously a lot next time about predictions and things, but the Nintendo Switch is looking pretty hot right now it's
0: pretty tasty pretty tasty um, yeah. um, a
1: lot of my friends are very interested in the nintendo switch you know they don't yeah, talk to say. me much about nintendo games they i'd say they play a fair amount of video games but they they're very interested to see like the price of this thing and, and mm. actually are willing to pick one up if it's cheap which is pretty exciting considering they've not bought a nintendo system in a very long time
0: totally that's uh it's good positive news it's uh it's stuff that uh, will hopefully help them get out of the dump that they're in right now and i'm sure that they are putting all their resources behind that stuff so we'll see uh and uh it's gonna be exciting times so uh before we go uh we probably might uh, we'll see we might have another episode which isn't a nintendo episode which is talking oh, about a star wars thing uh there before the next episode so that might go up we're gonna have a bit of a chat about rogue one uh we've both seen it and we have some thoughts on it so uh like we did last year with force awakens there'll probably be a star wars podcast that goes up in the feed uh if you want to listen to that go ahead uh, if not you'll just wait for the next show because that'll be after that happens um but uh, until then thanks for uh, 2016 of uh, some ups and downs and some fun times and hopefully next year will be uh even bigger and better so from me from bali love you all thanks for listening goodbye